I did everything right and they recorded me. <laughs> they recorded me, folks. Me and my disgusting felt mouth. That's right, I was on the Dolmio adverts. <laughs> I was there eating pasta with my felt puppet mouth and no one stopped me. They knew it was wrong, but nobody stopped me because it, it was profitable to the Dolmio Corporation. That's why. Well, let's just keep that as the <laughs> let's just keep that as the cold open. All right, all right. Enough about the cans and the peaches and the box and the fox. I I don't care mm. for it. I find it uh, repugnant. Fox box. I find it repugnant. Mm. Uh, I Is instead. Fox in the box. We'd like to introduce all of you listeners to our this week's free episode. Hi, everyone. It's, it's the free one. It's the free one. And we are joined for, I believe, the second or possibly third time by Welsh journalist Becca Wilkes for the third time. Becca, how's it going? <laughs> Hello. It's going good. It's very hot. Mm-hmm. Too hot. Yeah. Have, you, have you guys noticed this? It's hot. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's, well, I had heat madness for our like last that, bonus like episode. Like in that famous book, How Hot Is My Valley? Because... Uh, mm. <laughs> I was in a recording box, and I nearly uh, felt like I was going to die. Yeah. Uh, you climbed mm. into our recording sauna that we have. Um, yeah. and Hello, you're listening to Swedish Trash Future coming at you live <laughs> from the recording sauna. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> yeah, having a nice little rotten fish on toast. Like an yeah. audio with what a dry it? heat. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what the, the bunga bunga party in the Italian trash future sauna <laughs> like no, a bunga no. bunga party yeah. well bunga, hey you know bunga. I mean he's gone to the big Italian sauna in the sky now R.I.P. to Silvio the big man yeah that's yeah. right the, oh, the Italian escort website that sent a wreath of flowers to his fucking funeral incredible that was an incredible piece of like marketing I will say that yeah, yeah. Uh, but but We've got, uh, it's R.I.P. to a lot of politicians, actually, yeah. recently. Silvio um, Berlusconi, yeah. uh, Ted Kaczynski. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, a man who had a political ideology yes, and he, he campaigned for it. But mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> wrote a talk- lot of letters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, very impactful writing. Had a manifesto. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but we are going to talk about some of that. We've got a startup. And then one of the last times we talked to Becca was all about the Welsh government's efforts to reform renting. And given that the Mm. entire real estate market appears to be melting down again, and at the same time, the Welsh government has issued the next step in its promise to hold a meeting to determine the committee that would choose the color on the binder of the report that would make the recommendation on whether or not to do further research into controlling rents, uh, we thought it would be great to have you back on. Yeah, exciting, exciting stuff. (laughs) it's certainly of it's i think it's certainly of import if you're trying to live inside in wales yeah Yeah. you don't it's impactful and maybe not in like a unibombing way but uh in a in a sort of like uh where you have somewhere to Mm. live way Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. that's right sure Uh, i mean the unibomber he had somewhere to live uh, yeah a little cabin it's very own cabin yeah yeah, Couldn't yeah. Get three thousand dollars a month that cost you now airbnb for a vital let landlord I have to rent out the, the Unabomber's cabin. This fucking sucks. Yeah, I had a bunch of uh, loose cash in the 90s, so I bought the Unabomber's cabin. Got it on Airbnb now. Tidy little investment, that. All right, so, uh, as I was saying... Peaceful in Montana. R.I.P. to all the politicians. Uh, Boris has now taken the fake job that you take for half a day when you quit as an MP 
Oh, before taking the fake job that you then have for the rest of your life, which is kind of uh, the consultant after dinner speaking. Yeah, the usual, the the what you get in return for all the craft. Of course. Yeah, you just sort yeah, of like yeah. absorb money. You like run mm. around and it sort of like zoops up under your feet like yeah. you're sort of like playing a video game. <laughs> I'm going to go live in the Unabomber cap. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Out in the woods. Great place to you know, raise the kids. You have a wonderful time. Uh, you, you can go down to the post office, mail out all of your bombs. <laughs> Lovely spot. <laughs> Library nearby. You can tutor a kid maths. Fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, I don't want to talk too much about, about Boris, if only because most of the commentary, it seems to be engaged in a kind of, um, like the Ewoks at the end of Star Wars, like, fantastic, the thing is gone. The mm-hmm. thing that was causing all the problems. <laughs> oh, thank God, there's no one who subscribes to the exact same ideology or worse in power right now. I'm <laughs> yeah. sure I'm relieved about but that. What I actually want to talk about, before we get to the others who are out, uh, is his uh, former press secretary for like, I don't know, 10 minutes or whatever, uh, Gito Hari, uh, has revealed, uh, like, oh yeah, by the way, on allegations of sexual harassment by MPs, quote, as he put it in the heat of the moment, if we took away the whip from everyone here who pinched someone's bum, we'll lose our majority. And then he just said that kind of a year after he heard it, and no yeah, one no, really no, seems no to be... no follow-up question. N- yeah. Not sort of, like, interested in that. Um, no. th- there's no space for journalism to ask questions like, oh, cool, so, like, everybody just heard the Prime Minister say, like, our working majority is comprised of sex pests, and thought that was noticeable in any mm-hmm. way. Well, it was, if you remember, he wasn't, he was still useful uh, when he said that. It was just as he was becoming non-useful, you know, uh, and that everyone decided to start noticing all of the stuff, which previously it had Mm. been impolite or uh, not expeditious to notice. Yeah, well, you know, in Britain, there are a lot of sex pests and, you know, they deserve parliamentary representation. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, God damn. But also, this is not the only um, political political obituary now right with uh, johnson out uh, mm-hmm. nicholas sturgeon has spent the night in a police station because oh, of Im- improperly that's, obtaining that's an rv not that's not quite true I, again you have to be quite specific about this stuff because the contempt of court acts in scotland is much more rigorously enforced she spent seven hours uh being arrested in the day at the police station i you know i hope someone was there doing like arrest support for when she got out um, She's being dragged out there, going, "And what is the charge?" <laughs> no, we need to. We need Nicholas to Sturgeon, like, write, like writing the solicitor's name on her arm and marker before going out in the morning. Yeah, no, but uh, mm. so essentially, this is the culmination of uh, a long-running police investigation into what has happened to six hundred grand's worth of donations that were meant to fund independence. We currently know not where they are. Um, Except I think for the we fact know where that they are. They're not under Nicola Sturgeon's front lawn. That's what the police excavation operation yes, was able yeah. to establish. We, we've, we've had the police dig up her lawn. We've had the police go into SNP headquarters with those little like cameras that you poke through drains to look inside drains. We've had the police seize a frankly not very nice looking hundred thousand pound RV. Um and as a consequence of this, uh, her husband, who is the secretary of the SNP, uh, she and the SNP's former treasurer have all now been arrested and then released without charge. And the main thing that comes from this is, first of all, um, this is like shocking that all of the finances went through three people, two of whom were married, right? But second of all, the way that this looks, the sort of like the stench of corruption that's come off of this, 
justified or not, really, really is an impediment to doing nice, moderate Nordic social democracy. Because when you do nice, moderate Nordic social democracy, one thing you're not supposed to do is get arrested. <laughs> yeah, that's for su- that's for Southern European Christian democracy. Get <laughs> exactly, exactly. It right. exactly. I, like she didn't have the Berlusconi source to do this. And uh, yeah, the yeah, other yeah. thing about imagine this, if she'd been having a bunga bunga party. Now that <laughs> well, exactly, yeah. And and the thing about this though is that so much of the SNP's electoral success has been unprecedented. Like they have been Scottish politics for the last ten years, right? They mm-hmm. achieved like consecutive majorities in a parliament specifically designed from the ground up to prevent that from happening, and then they traded that in for a van. For a motorhome. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure this is something you can relate to, Alice. <laughs> the temptation in every woman's yeah. heart yes, to own yes. a van. The, the, yes, the Scottish woman lusts in her heart for a really expensive, kind of idiosyncratic van. <laughs> so, uh, this, is, um, this is an article by Hugo Rifkind. I'm not going to read the whole article, it's just, I think, illustrative, illustrative of a certain way of thinking about this. Uh, the tagline goes, Sturgeon, Corbin, Johnson, and their destabilizing politics have gone in the blink of an eye and were better off for it. So, I, I mean, uh, Becca, like, what's your, what is your view on sort of the, the idea that somehow this represents any kind of change? Well, it, 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 it just doesn't, does it? Let's be, <laughs> um, I think the, the, the conceit of, of the, the article you're referring to is just that these, these people made me, made me a little upset and irked me a little bit, and now they're gone. And I I like that, and now I don't have to think about them anymore. Is basically what's going on there. But you know, yeah, it's so undignified to have Hugo Rifkin do the sort of like end zone dance here. To have him do like to crush your enemies, see them driven before you, hear the lamentations of their women, right? Um, because you know what what has he done to advance that other than sort of like inertia? <laughs> He has just sat on a column and just He's allowed complained. his thoughts. Yes, <laughs> mm, and that's true. He says he says in his article, uh, the real question then is not how did the, all these people manage to fall during the short time frame. It's how were they all able to come together in the first place? Which I agree, that's a good question. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of like that we're we're openly acknowledging that like what has happened here is any alternatives to this big prevailing grey ideology that we've come to call productivism on this show is being like systematically shut down for one reason or another, right? You, you think you can get out of it with Corbynism? No, you can't. That's been forestalled. You think you can get out of it with Scottish nationalism? No, that's forestalled too. If the Greens ever did anything interesting electorally, I'm sure that would be, they'd, you know, there would be something, right? Mm-hmm. There is no escape. You are here forever. No more <laughs> populism. Just this. Yeah. And I think the they've where I think it's also important to note what did Boris represent in all that mm. is that you, you can't beat someone exciting offering because the old was dying right sure. that's where all of the populism of the last ten years on on every side did come from the old was dying and the new was struggling to be born yeah, and sort of like the, the, the sexual sort of, dynamism of yeah. like Theresa May was not enough to carry this forward into the future <laughs> right what we needed British Berlusconi yeah so, British Sconi we, well, we that's what we did got genuinely him. yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, that is yeah. true. But yeah. uh, the thing is, right, is you can't beat someone exciting without someone else exciting. They needed someone who was, they needed, they needed someone who was a wartime consigliere. They needed someone who would actually fight and not manage. Really, and, really you know, hit all, that G in consigliere, huh? 
Yeah, that's right. And all these people represented different vis- different responses to the crumbling of neoliberalism. And ultimately, Boris's extremely conservative vision won because he was personally a weapon used by one faction of capital. We talk about the previous decade being personally a fucking weapon, not a fight <laughs> between yeah. some he, kind. He was of, like yeah. he was created in a lab for this. He was like Eaton's fucking Wolverine. He was their weapon X, right? They they mm. built him with the adamantium skeleton of absolute shamelessness, and now. <laughs> Him is the adamantium cock that shoots out. <laughs> They've built him <laughs> with the adamantium cock that like fucks around enough that no one is willing to write a negative word about him. And now that he's outlived his usefulness, they have found the embarrassments again. The big electromagnet has swung over Downing Street and he's been pulled out by the cock. Mm. Yeah, and you know the new the new consensus is in this place. Is new, this is a political uh, podcast with like deep yeah. analysis. We are up there with like BBC sounds. Okay. Yeah, that's right. We are we are actually genuinely liked by a lot of people who do a lot of real stuff, which is very funny. Oh, to me. absolutely. Now you have to hear about Boris's adamantium cock. Sorry, <laughs> FT reporters. Mm. Uh, but you know, I, but they, let's let's talk like that's who's out and who's like representing some. Uh, I'd say foreclo- foreclosure on the possibility of change, whether sort of good or bad, now that the new has sort of been born. Let's talk about who's fun, because boy is Matt Hancock's uh, TikTok presence being noticed Matt by Hantock. us. Matt Hancock. We're all on Matt Hancock. <laughs> I, I'm big on... Yeah, go ahead. We, we finally pivoted. Now that Matt Hancock MP, the app is no more, we're all on Matt Hancock. We're all watching mm, him right. like Skull WKD. <laughs> Um, Cruising and- for chemsex on Matt Hantock. <laughs> uh, so I <laughs> want to st- starting weird with Matt Hantock. Starting yeah. <laughs> with Becca, what was your favorite of the Matt Hantocks that we've all watched? Oh, now that's now that's a hard question because I did watch these immediately before the recording and I got stuck in a bit of a hole. Um, I think uh, my favorite one was. Um, his post about walking in Transylvania simply for the fact that he made the soundtrack on it. Um, he cut up the little the little sound that plays during the video himself. It's a nice little slideshow of him and his in his uh his missus walking around in Transylvania, and he made a mashup of Katy Perry's Firework with a song that I can't remember <laughs> the name of, but it goes. Anyway. Um, yeah, I I had a lot of thoughts about his his favorite chocolate bars one. I, it's psychotic to me that his his final two were Kit Kat and Mars. That's yeah, yeah. That that's a weird fight to the death. Yeah, yeah. and Kit He's Kat a... won also, which again, even Very Kit strange. Kat's barely even a chocolate bar. No, yeah, it's, it's like, like chocolate bar adjacent. It's a, a cookie. Biscuit. It's a it's a cookie that's been marketed brilliantly. It's like no. something to do with with. Yeah, it's just like an activity more than a more than a treat. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's just like chocolate enrobed drywall. Yeah. An activity more than a treat. Um, <laughs> the other, th- <laughs> the other thing um, that I noticed, he's got this one big jumper that he wears in a lot of um, um that's quite unnerving. It looks like the the sniffing accountant uh, jumper off Seinfeld, the one that makes his 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 uh, accountant look like he's doing coke big gray thing and sometimes the camera sort of fucks up a little bit so the jumper seems to be sort of like a magic eye kind of thing so it's like moving around as he's as he's talking normally it's it's very strange um but yeah i think my my favorite is definitely where you get to see him do a kind of version of you know how sometimes you know in attempting to prove they're on a baby like 12 year olds would be like by the way i fucking hate barney 
you know, mm. that kind of yeah, thing yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever. He does that with WKD where he's like, where he does a drinks yes, rating yes, challenge. This is my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> this is my favorite yeah, yeah, one yeah, by yeah, far. Yeah, yeah. This, this one is great. Alice, Alice, tell us. Tell no, us about no, 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 no. <laughs> so... <laughs> He he. Well, he ends up. He's tried to do like a top five drinks, right? He's he's like locked himself into the thing with the the Kit Kats again, right? Uh, but and- yeah. So the thing is that the drinks come. He doesn't know what drinks are gonna be in this rating, so he's mm-hmm. having to go through these drinks, which come up randomly, and then he has to put them in in positions one, two, three, four, and five without knowing what the other drinks are gonna be. So he gets into a position where he's kind of snookered himself. <laughs> okay, sorry, I'll let you take back over. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine, because he, he ends up with, like, what is it, like a Guinness wine, uh, like a cocktail. Like a Bellini of some sort? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guinness like is, like, number two, and then it's, like, red wine at three, maybe? Yeah, yeah, and then he has to, like, yeah. shift the entire paradigm up uh, to make Guinness his number one. And it's just, like, you're watching it, like, sorry, you you ran the health service during the pandemic, like you were, you were like the great slayer of Nans. Yeah, you, you know? killed like, everyone's Nan, and now you're doing to, this. Like to see the Nans driven before you, <laughs> to hear the lamentation of the grandchildren. That's the other thing I actually liked um, was that um, on his post about his audio book of his like if I did it um, COVID book, um, he selects uh, the the track uh, inspirational tropical house. To soundtrack this poster, <laughs> but you know what he is—he's a frustrated like sound engineer. He really wants to be picking out little like soundtrack things for himself. <laughs> I've always been a big fan of Kygo. He wants to be doing Mark Ronson stuff, like adding like jazzy <laughs> trumpets. Oh, yeah, to yeah. Mark, Mark Ronson spectator garden party set. Um, <laughs> Mark <laughs> Ronson featuring Matt Hancock album. <laughs> like, Great concert. It is—it is such a strange career trajectory to just remember. Remember where how he has li- from being Liz Truss's mortal enemy mm-hmm. to accidentally making grime legal after it had been racistly banned. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. To then like to doing to, parkour, introducing parkour <laughs> yeah. to Britain. Yeah. Uh, then, it, it, making us all feel better about our diets with the caramel waffle thing. Uh, getting a visible erection on TV and standing way too close to a BBC reporter. Um, yeah. getting getting one of his stuff like lightly brushed against, which um, was then immediately reported as a jihado Corbynist has assassinated Matt Hancock. <laughs> so many things. He's he's like Forrest Gumped his way through so much British political history, and then was like in a genuinely influential position in time to kill your nan, get immediately thrown out of power again, and is is, is now getting doing thrown this. out of power for falling in love, and then still, like, they're happy together, apparently. Yeah, yeah not tran- before making his landlord, pub landlord, very rich. In the Transylvania walk into a thing where he made his own little Katy Perry mashup, uh, Gina's very much there on the on the walk into yeah, with him. Lo- love is real. True love is real, is the thing. Right? <laughs> like, you, he's in the favela, she's on the back of the bike. <laughs> <laughs> what you have to understand is that Matt Hancock's entire political career has fundamentally been motivated by malice against the CEO of Oliver Bonus. <laughs> he once received a poor customer service in Oliver Bonus 15 years ago, and he set out on a journey of vengeance against that man, and he's been successful, and that's why he's so happy. Like, see, see, right and left, not so different, because Angela Rayner's politics are that, but for the place that makes the really fucked up high heels. Like, the high heels oh, yeah, are the worse Star than anything you've ever seen yeah. before. Yeah, the Star Wars shoes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, all right, 
so I, that's wanna... the worst thing I've ever found out about Angela Rayner by a distance that she wanted the, the horrible Star Wars shoes. <laughs> I, I want to move on a little bit, but just to recognize that it's very, before I move on about Matt Hancock, it is so funny to me that, well, now the Telegraph has reopened their, like, ritual humiliation of him by making what appears to be, like, um, a kind of new production of his, um, of a new podcast production all about every single way in which he fucked up called the <laughs> lockdown files yeah. that like he's give, based he's on being, him giving his notes to Isabel Oakshot for no reason uh, and like not even getting her to say that she wouldn't leak them just he's like, so smart god's perfect idiot and you know what he's the happiest person in british politics that's, yeah, was just, that's true but can yeah, we he got segue out of british politics for pussy <laughs> yeah can we segue to the unhappiest person in british politics right now speaking of true love being real right because nadine dorries uh many jobs but mm. chiefly uh being boris johnson's best friend in parliament quit her job she <laughs> yeah. resigned as an mp for mid bedfordshire before he did, like that morning, having clearly been promised a peerage, and then Boris being <laughs> Boris, I guess just called Rishi up after she resigned to ask if Rishi would put but like put her on the honors list. Rishi said no, and so she quit for nothing and was left with nothing and has now unresigned <laughs> in a series <laughs> of tweets where she's like, I demand an investigation into why I'm not getting a peerage. Yeah, these are the, to me. These are the most like compelling characters left. Is just yes. like people who are clearly driven by actual blind fanatical devotion, or who are just like like has mm. the brain of a golden retriever. And these sometimes are the only both. Ones. Sometimes both. Uh, yeah. I, I yeah, just I, I feel I feel very bad for her. You know, like uh, I, I think you do have to have sympathy for someone in that situation where. You know, they're not gonna get a free job for life doing fuck all, wearing a lot of ermine. Um, I, I think that she should try and convince more of the British public to sympathize with her. I think it's gonna go very well. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I want to move on because we are we do have a startup to get through, and the uh, and also I want you want to talk all about our our renting situation. Uh, but before we get to the startup, I want to do one more very quick thing, which is to note that remember we talked about the Green Prosperity Plan last week on the free episode. Yeah, already. Yeah. It is being pushed back by two years. So that 28 billion pounds a year is going to start in year three. They've already negotiated themselves out of it before they're even in fucking office. Reasonomics, baby. Right. We were right. That's the we were right update. Yeah. Um, Look, I've spoken to the Sun newspaper and they think it's too early to be doing the Green Prosperity Plan. So then I've gone and spoken to the actual Sun. And we've agreed to <laughs> delay climate change by two years. Yeah, like also... Uh, Cutting the climate change investment program at a period where there is another uns insane heat wave that's going to fucking claim some lives. It's mm. great. Awesome. Let's not, cut it. Not as many as Matt Hancock, because, though. He remains the goat. Yeah. Let's because, like, not. Why does debt need to fall? We're borrowing for ourselves. We are borrowing from ourselves. This was something that do Donald Trump understood. Like when he was like, they, "You make the money, you print the money. You can't. They can't get you if you print the money." He was right. He did everything right, and they <laughs> indicted him. Yeah, they they indicted, indicted him. How? 
how are you going to go to a... Because okay, if you borrow money from someone and they lend you money, what they're doing is expressing confidence that somewhere in the future, you're going to have more money than you do now. That's the whole point of borrowing money. And if you lend yourself money, which if you're a fucking state, you can, then what you're doing is saying, I believe things will be better in the future. And so, and in Britain, no one believes that, which yeah. is why we can't do it. Yeah. And so, if you're going to try and retool the economy away from neoliberalism towards like wartime neoliberalism, you you won't do it if you just don't make the wartime economy, and you can't make it with wishing. Anyway, I want to talk about this startup. What we need to do is get bombed by the Germans. We all need to be sat in a little hole in the ground with some corrugated tin over it in our back gardens, eating bully beef and singing the national anthem, and then, and then. The green economy will come to bear. Uh, I want to talk about Senior Talk. It's a startup Se- sent to me. Senior Talk. Sent to me by a listener. <laughs> senior Talk, yeah. yeah. <laughs> senior Talk. <laughs> Hola. It's like very genteel <laughs> Latin American TikTok. The startup is called Senior Talk. It was sent in by a listener. Becca, Senior Talk, what do you think it is? From the way that it's named, sounds like a like a chat show exclusively for old people which i know it won't be because that's a thing that you could see in here and is tangible um it's like every other <laughs> chat show i feel like mm-hmm. yeah mm, yeah uh, parkinson if you changed one word in that sentence you would be correct what is the word that we're going to change and what are we going to change it to you're going to change old to young people <laughs> yeah it's for high school seniors it's a youth parliament yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Wait, hang on. I, I was hearing senior talk like it's on TikTok. No, T A L K. Oh, okay. Is it actually for high school seniors? No, no. Oh, it's okay. for the elderly. Becca was right. It is the elderly. Um, is it like a like in some kind of AI platform that talks to your nan so that she doesn't kill herself? That's literally what it is. Yes. Oh, okay. No. Good. Another yeah. I've, one I've been doing these... this podcast for too long. <laughs> we we've <laughs> done these before. I, I swear. Oh. We've done these we before actually, yeah. with with the there was like the robot baby seals was a thing. Yeah, that yeah, makes yeah. me sound like a netter, but um, yeah, it's mm. these fluffy little cuddly toys. And the government's that fla- been replacing seals with robots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This one, this one, there's a lot to it though. Uh, it's uh, it's called Senior Talk. It's an AI chatbot to keep your parents in touch, and I don't know how they get this next phrase: empowering seniors to live their best life with the help of our AI chat buddy. I don't know how it empowers seniors by like putting them in a kind of confusing prison where they don't really know who they're talking to or why. Mm. We put your nan in the cube from Cube. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're putting her in the cube from that game show, The Cube, that was hosted by Philip Schofield. Also, like, you know, <laughs> Philip Schofield hosted a game show called The Cube. What? Yeah, wait. Do you guys not remember this? I'm pretty no, sure. The Cube. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what? I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad Becca mm, also remembers mm. this. I, this isn't like a dementia this hallucination. This is the classic type of thing that you you are exposed to on TV when you go to visit your mom back home and this on yeah. in the living room and you got to watch. <laughs> and that's what we're disrupting mm. with senior chat with senior talk. Mm. Yeah. Now your nan uh, won't think that she's friends with Philip Schofield. She'll think that she's friends yeah. with the little robot baby seal. Mm. Philip Schofield can be trusted with nans. He poses <laughs> no true. threat to nans whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. So also, by the way, an AI chatbot that's there to talk to like seniors and keep them. I'll, I'll go through it and I'll, I'll talk about it a little more. Um, always in touch. Our chat AI buddy service is designed specifically to provide, and this is a depressing sentence, companionship and support for grandparents who may be feeling lonely or isolated. 
Why are they lonely and isolated, you may ask? Who could say? Let's apply some technology to it and forget about the whole thing. Yeah, I think it might have something to do with the whole sort of crisis of alienation and, like, ripping the hearts out of different communities and seeing what happens, but, you know. Yeah, we got a crisis of alienation. Yeah, Yeah, but uh, it turns, yeah. You've had some (laughs) right cowboys through it. You got here, it'd be a real shame if something happened to it. You've you've had some right cowboys through here. They ripped the heart out of all these communities. <laughs> the, the, the Sopranos doing like work from home, and they're like struggling with the lack of camaraderie. Mm. And Tony doesn't want us down the pork store no more. We're doing everything on fucking Zoom. <laughs> so with our service, seniors are matched with a friendly, engaging AI chat buddy who's available twenty four seven. It provides personalized conversation to tailor to each senior's interests and preferences, and you gotta yeah. wonder what are those interests and preferences. Oh, I want the I want the racist chatbot. <laughs> yeah, uh, this chatbot is not. You're gonna right. Talk Italians about. are like that. This chatbot is not going to talk about. Uh, it's not going to talk about Frank Sinatra. We're not going to mm. be googling Frank Sinatra with this chatbot. Only QAnon. I want the QAnon chatbot. You know, because that's right. That's what it's going to be. Right. It's going hmm. to be just like oh. Yeah, you know that all the the celebrities are all like are all pedos. They're going to radicalize the chatbot to make it into a Q person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. apart from in Britain, where it'll be like, "You're right, your neighbor is interfering with your bins." <laughs> like it'll just be much more quotidian. Yeah, Jeanette from up the street, I saw her going through your garden waste. You should confront her about it. I think she stole a box of Tonics tea cakes out of your larder as well. <laughs> so topics range from current events to personal stories from the past. Which again is so. Imagine like the life that you live, collecting, oh, telling your like Korean War trauma to like a chatbot. Mm-hmm. Just fucking wretched. Just, an absolutely. This like there are some startups. Chosun right, Reservoir, are, 1950. You ran out of ammunition. You were throwing mess tins at people. Everybody was dying of frostbite, and it goes, "Damn, that's crazy." How do you feel about that? Yeah, you just keep getting Eliza. Um, did it make you feel bad to throw their mess tins at people? Mm. Uh, but, like, there are some... No, it's of- the most alive I've ever felt, quite honestly. <laughs> <laughs> if I could throw a mess tin at a Korean now, I would. <laughs> Not allowed now, are you? Because of woke. <laughs> but there are startups that we do, right, that are just clearly naked money-making scams or just uh, massive overhyped investment nonsense mm-hmm. or just utopia... or misguided utopianism like we works misguided utopianism this one's in the other column the genuinely evil column correct uh so understanding that seniors may have concerns the team is dedicated to providing oh, personalized support and guidance get useful insights from anonymized conversation history so the chatbot's not just distracting your nan so you don't have to go and talk to her because either you're alienated from her for whatever reason you're working for jobs maybe or you know you maybe you just can't or whatever but keeps talking they're going to th- throwing mess tins at Koreans yeah. they're at the AI chatbot will act like a madman therapist for wives and tell you all give you updates on your on your nan's condition. No, she's a nightmare every time I go around there. She thinks I'm Jeanette come to steal her tonics tea cakes. I'm like, first of all, Jeanette's dead. She's not stealing your tonics tea cakes. And third of all, I'm not Jeanette. I'm your son, Gary. And then she says that's what Jeanette would say to get at the tonics tea cakes. She can't reason with a woman. <laughs> it says our, we use cutting-edge technology. You can always depend on it when it says we use cutting-edge technology. Oh, absolutely. To yeah. analyze a person's messages and reveal early signs of dementia. By oh, analyzing... Never, never apply that yes. to Twitter. Never, ever yes. apply that technology to Twitter. Because the day that an AI sort of, like, sits you down and goes, Listen, bestie, 
dementia post detected. That's that's not good for anyone. All right, and like I yeah. I I have some real reservations. Either that or everyone on our segment of Twitter is like going like falling over themselves to try and get the dementia diagnosis. <laughs> that would be like the new frontier. Like everyone's doing the online self diagnosis dementia <laughs> test. But I, I also <laughs> question four. What was question one? <laughs> I also read their blog, right? Because all these these companies all have blogs, um, mm. and the articles were also very clearly written by an AI. Oh, yeah. good. All uh, these all these companies have blogs, and crucially, you are the only person that's ever read any of those yeah. blog posts. I am the only person who has ever read this stuff that they churn out for SEO purposes. That's right. Um, and so it says a safe and comfortable environment is crucial for the well being of the elderly. There are several reasons why a safe and comfortable environment is essential for seniors. As we age, our reflexes and balance decline. Secondly, a comfortable environment is crucial for the mental well-being of oh, this, the elderly. As this, we age... This stinks of yeah. AI. Like, genuinely, yeah. like, uh, as much as it's supposed to be indistinguishable, you can't read three sentences without me going, that's a fucking robot. Yeah. Don't lie to me. Like, and, and Although, to be fair, I think SEO was like this before, because the whole point mm. of SEO is to constantly repeat yourself so that the search engine thinks, wow, he sure knows a lot about a safe and comfortable environment for yeah, the elderly. He as, said it 400 yeah, times. As weirdly, like, weirdly, SEO like used to mm. be either a lot less coherent or a lot more. Um, mm. Because it, like, if you hired someone to do it, or you got a robot to do it that was like somewhat less adept, it would either just dump mm. all of the terms in like time after time, or it would like form it into a paragraph that was like clearly written by a human, but that used those terms a lot. And this one kind of like is neither. It's just yeah. like it's it's in between. It's uncanny. And, and the thing to remember as well, right, is that uh, other AI chatbots will now train off this information created by AI chatbots. And, yes. You know, it's yes. It, yeah. This is this is my favorite thing about this. Right, is that like we had one opportunity to sample like the internet, the whole breadth of human knowledge, whatever, for large language models. After that, everything we can possibly take from it is now poisoned with some percentage of large language model. As soon as we started putting that stuff back onto the internet, we were feeding the cows their own brains again. And it like we're just gonna have the same effect. We have folded the language the wrong way and it's just gonna propagate. We made cognito hazards real, but only for AI. I really, yeah. that's really compelling to me. Mad cow disease. Oh yeah, Nan's probably got that as well. Yeah, no, she was eating a lot, a lot of beef in the nineties. Yeah, because even after they told her to stop, <laughs> she'd go out, she'd find the cows, she'd she'd grind it up herself. Yeah, they wouldn't sell it to her in the shops. She didn't care. She's she like, just, I'm not eating any of that French muck. She just loved the way the prions taste. That's right. Yeah, that's, how we, that's how we live in the world. We it's a shame during for her mouth. She she subsisted mostly on hooves at that time. <laughs> Purely to spite Tony Blair. So sort of woman she is. What a woman. But you, you can only make large language models trained on the entire summary of, sum of human knowledge contained within just a scrape of the entire internet, as you say, Alice, once ever. Yeah, ever. and then, then after yeah. that, they've all got like that kind of Habsburg inbreeding where they're all feeding off of each other. Mm. And, and, <laughs> the AI jewel. And you know, we, we like labor talks over and over and over about, oh, we're going to use AI everywhere as much as we can to like avoid having to invest in the health service while maintaining a kind of um, uh, a standard of service. 
right? Mm. They always say, oh, we're going we're gonna to close the, the non-DOM tax loophole. It's like, yeah, sure, great, fine, but you're not going to actually do any of this stuff. And like, that's, that's what you want to have. You're going to have a large language model that is insane. If they say, great, perfect, we're going to partner with an LLM to, you know, to say, hey, we don't need half of social care because a large language model can take care of a lot of it if you hook it up to an Alexa. And then seniors are going to you know, not have to have as many home visits or maybe the LLM hooked up to the Alexa will like alert when you need a home visit so you can have like half as many staff, right? They'd be like, oh, that the staff are being augmented by the AI. They're working with it. There are half as many of them, though. And at the same time, though, that, that large language model, unless it's going to be cr- like, trained on private data created anew every time by human actual labor, it is going to be fucking insane. Yeah, we accidentally, so, we, we loosed large language models on the internet before we had the ability to authenticate what is large language model text and what's like written by a human other than by eye. Um, and so great, now it's just like this forever as like every, every large language model we build has like a chance of just being wrong in a very yeah. sinister way. And may I say, corporate social responsibility, Black Lives Matter. <laughs> so, uh, Becca, I want to I turn to you for your impressions on Senior Talk. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I'm deeply sad. <laughs> I'm very mm. sad thinking about, about uh, an old lady telling a, telling a chatbot about, about her rich and storied life. Um, and it also makes me think as well, if you're talking about it, it, uh, large language models needing this constant stream of actual human labor and actual sort of organic human input to still make sense. It seems like the perfect way to gather that data also, which is which is even sadder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, cause or the, you don't want to be training an AI on how to make sense by having it talk to my nan. That's yeah. that, that, yeah. that really, that would be one in the eye for Mine AI, either, I have she's, to say. She's long dead. Ouija <laughs> 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 board AI. My, yeah. my long dead nan was racist against French Canadians. Oh, crazy! Wow, exotic. Yeah, yeah. sending they're sending the, the fucking French Canadian SWAT team into your nan. Like, <laughs> what are they going to send her? Like Saint Mark Cemetery in Niagara yeah. Lake? Like, what are they going to do? You said some things about the uh, maple syrup, which we disagree with. <laughs> they're just going to shoot her grave. <laughs> <laughs> what was that you said about Jean Chrétien? Oh, she fucking hated Jean. Anyway, sorry, um, but. Becca, you bring up a good a good so point earlier, AI, right? Right, like every yeah. AI <laughs> will be like it'll have a perfectly normal <laughs> application, right? We'll be using it as like the thing we talked about last time, right? The AI tutor or whatever. It's gonna like teach your kids, but when it gets to anything about Canadian history, it's gonna be like, by the way, Jean Chrétien was a fucking dog, and just leave that <laughs> there. And that's the thing that like then becomes like a folk belief. Like every child believes this until Jean Chrétien is kind of like a world historical antichrist figure. <laughs> uh, all my homies hate Jean Chrétien. Um, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. it's but but you hit on something earlier, right, Becca? Which is these kinds of places are good sources for that human-made data. Well, I think that the, a lot of people talk about introductions of AI to the NHS in terms of like replacing stuff with large language models, and I think for. Um, that that's like less the risk, really. Like that. Well, what's the risk for like administrative stuff? It's the risk for things like uh, things like this, even of like you know, think the non-diagnostic stuff, right? Just like workaday um, commodity activities, which again are not actually commodity activities. They're very important, and a lot of people will get poor treatment if they're shoddy. But nevertheless, diagnostic. It's it's a lot of the actual uh, AI that's going to go into the diagnostics. Uh, it might work, but a lot of what those companies are going to get in return is a constant stream of human-made data. 
That's what. That's the big fucking goal. It's a constant it's, it's, stream it's, of big NAN data. Yeah, that's right. And so it's like the private providers of the AI just are going to get to use the NHS as a huge data lake that they're going to privatize under the watchful eye of a labor government. AI is going to suddenly be saying a lot of stuff like, "Your cup of tea? Are you getting bigger or more shrinking? Oh, now I never bleeding comes to see me now." The yeah. AI has a big fucking box of biscuits. Uh, th- yeah, they, yeah, they're yeah. all stale as absolute fuck. It's gonna um, offer you a sandwich sixty times until you say yes. Mm, um, yeah. The AI's got those little like wrapped like strawberry hard sweets, and it's just gonna offer you uh, like one of those a lot. Yeah, got a lot of scampy fries in there. <laughs> <laughs> my girlfriend a while ago went round to see my nan, and we took lunch round there because she doesn't eat food and so we went around there and we had she's like an AI. yeah that's right uh we've got one of those like rotisserie chickens and like uh french bread from the supermarket so we're like making ourselves a sandwich and she's like she's like oh why well, you, well, you didn't have to buy to made you a sandwich and you're like well no you wouldn't because you don't have any food in the house um and then <laughs> and then after a while she then starts like implying that like we've brought lunch and then not made her any lunch and we're like again <laughs> You don't eat solid food. And then by the end of this visit, she convinced herself that she had made us lunch. And she's like, well, I hope you enjoyed your lunch anyway. You know, I didn't have much in the ass, but it was what I had. <laughs> it was just like an amazing. Yeah, and we were the AI. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Uh, so I, I just think that this is um, senior, senior talk to me. It represents it, it might be just a billion of these companies are, are all popping up. And they're all popping up very speculatively. One was created in France recently that got a 350 million euro valuation without a product uh, or ah, anything. No product. That's not that unusual in the space because so much of what this industry is based on is like the 25 people in the world who understand it completely fully. And if you hire three of them, you're just likely to get something good. So oh, it, cool. It, because yeah. we've like walled it off enough. We've dug enough of a trench around AI mm. at this point, like, you know, the, the well, large language models at this point that we're like, you can just say, oh, we're building God in the basement. Give me a hundred thousand million quid, please. Yeah. We're, build- we're building God in the shed, and I'm one of the 25 people that mm-hmm. you all think is credible to build God. And they'll be like, yep, you are. Go build God. <laughs> God three builders. nans hooked up to a supercomputer, like the end of Deus Ex, Human Revolution. Uh, and they're they're gonna fucking like revolutionize social care down there. Give we're me going all to the build money. a supercomputer that can knit you a jumper. But unfortunately, it is saying some very unpleasant things about Jean Chrétien. <laughs> so wait, the French-Canadian AI doesn't also like Jean Chrétien. I mean, he wasn't popular. No, I love yeah. the idea they just got regular nans. <laughs> okay. And so the French-Canadian AI company are torn between finishing the AI, but also the fact that it's being trained on this nan data, which is very racist against French-Canadians. <laughs> That was just no, it's, it's man, a kind of like man's man's eternal general. like torture, mm. right? Where the the AI that hates French Canadians is forced to speak in a French Canadian mm. accent. Mm. Yeah, this AI keeps talking about the blasted apes that would eat the gems and climb the curtains. <laughs> okay, I want to I, I want to move off. We've of, not got time for the ape. No, we don't have time for the ape. I want to move off of of <laughs> of, of senior talk, uh, and I want to talk about something much more uh, tangible. Questions oh, as, for example, yeah, if you live in Wales, can you have a roof or walls or a door, <laughs> or are you going to die of exposure, uh, <laughs> or are you going to disrupt the market by living outside? Yeah, by sleeping in the alcove, having yeah, only a roof and no walls. <laughs> yeah, so mm, a floating roof. We suspended talk- from a crane. Well, mm. Can you catch up um, the good audience 
on uh, the conditions that gave rise to this, I'd say, opportunity for uh, the Welsh government, nominally a left-wing one, uh, to change the way housing works in Wales and how we have come to where we are. Oh, now I've got to sound like I know what I'm talking about, right? (laughs) Yeah, so um, when was it? It was late 2021 is when I first came on, and that was to talk about the the co-op agreement. Uh, uh, The Welsh government um, had had recently won an election and as a sort of a, a show of good faith, they, they went into a cooperation agreement with Plaid Cymru. In Wales, Plaid Cymru is, is more of our left-wing party. People who support Welsh Labour would probably disagree with that, but they, they bro- both broadly sit on the, the left to centre-left. Um, so they made this um, cooperation agreement and it was, I can't remember the exact title, but it was, it was all to do with radical new ideas. Um, and as part of that, uh, there was a promise to consider the possibility of rent controls. Um, that the promise was originally for a white paper, white paper being sort of a concrete thing that signals an intention to bring a policy about. Um, that was very swiftly run back to be a green paper, um, which is just asking for people to answer a consultation, give their opinions on, on the policy. Um, and so two years later, they've now released this green paper um, with the aim of producing a white paper sometime next year, which will also um, be coming up on the next election, which will be the following year. Um, Very exciting things happening in Wales. They're talking about changing the colour of the paper. Yeah. Well, this yeah. is the thing. You know what this, you know what this mm. actually reminds me of? This reminds me of, and please do not use this as an excuse to talk about the lagoon. Okay, but it does remind me a little bit of how Venetian, uh, the, the Venetian Doge was mm-hmm. selected. Okay, okay, uh, mm-hmm. sure. Which is that? Or not be... by the people of Ravenna. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it would be uh, these these long processes of of different groups of citizens, frequently like appearing in several of these different committees, who would convene and choose other committees, who would convene to choose other committees who would convene to choose other committees who would be reduced by lot, who would then convene to choose other committees who would be randomly, uh, three of whom would be randomly selected to convene to choose another committee and so on. And, so, and this would happen like 30 or so times. It does feel like the process yeah, of... It was a more fair and equitable society. <laughs> yeah, that's all the convening. <laughs> that's why they went to the lagoon. Uh, but it does seem to me, right, like there is just this... Does, if you want to be seen to be doing something but don't want to do something... You can use this kind of, we are convening to discuss and select who we'll choose and they're convening to figure out what the question's going to be to sort of hopefully push back ever having to do anything until you're You're helpfully kicked out of office. Yeah, standing on the road seeing this can get kicked past me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So please go on. I'm also just taken aback because I I realize I'm about to say fair and equitable in the the same sentence a couple of times. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just because it's in the fucking policy paper, of course. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, so the green paper, um, I've I've gone through it a little bit. Um, it has two focuses, both of which are, are quite oddly worded. I, I don't know who, <laughs> who's responsible for it. Uh, the first one is what factors influence landlord behavior in setting rents and taking on tenants? That is a huge mystery Mm -hmm. to everyone, I'm sure. Mm, And um, the second one is, what do tenants consider is an an affordable and adequate property? 
Mm-hmm. Strangely, those are those are two questions with simple answers. If you just consider the material factors, no, I, I like yeah. the metaphysical tag to be like, who can know the heart of a landlord? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You only ever yeah, see yeah, the yeah, object yeah. from one side, you know. Mm-hmm. Doing mm-hmm. some real like standpoint yeah. epistemology on uh, on the landlord. Landlords are like a mysterious ethnic group, like Vulcans, that no one fully understands. You know, like no, they're their ways, their <laughs> secret, their they secret were exiled meetings. from Ravenna to make a less equitable society. <laughs> yeah, they're um, what was it? They're they're basically like they're Basques. They're like a language isolate. Like no one really, they're not related to anything else. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they do they do a lot of uh, surprisingly organized terrorism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, it's uh, what factors influence landlord behavior and set- also behavior in setting rents because rents do have a they do go one way and it's so weird how it's like oh what's the behavior which indicates as to whether yeah. they go up or down it's like well yeah. no it's that it's pretty easy mm-hmm. um yeah a, a lot of the wording in the green paper um document and and its accompanying sort of announcement is is peculiar in this way um they they don't then. Welsh Labour, despite being a lot more comfortable using words like socialism and and and, and sort of embracing that that kind of um, romantic, um, nostalgic sort of left wing politics that, that a lot of us feel very affectionate towards, they are also completely um, unconvinced of the of of the efficacy of the politics that they. That sort of on the on the outside of they're very happy to kind of sell themselves as being um, embodying. Um, so, <laughs> looking at the language in the the green paper in the consultation document, fair rent um, they define it as follows: uh, We propose that the definition should be broader and be taken to mean fair in the wider context of equitable, in that it needs to be fair and affordable to all parties involved. In this case, both tenants and landlords. This is in order to ensure supply and quality are not compromised, and this would undermine two of the factors necessary to realizing housing adequacy. Now, if I was to say to you, what does that imply? It implies to me that this was written by an AI, is what that implies to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's as if you do a control F for the phrase as a large language model, will you find it in the green paper, I wonder? No, but I did do something very childish and do a control F to find um, how many times the word landlord was mentioned and how many times the word tenant was mentioned. Landlord comes up 84 times. Uh, tenants come up something like 32 times. <laughs> That's um, much less. It's wonderful. Um, yeah, but as as that that little quote, you know, we we think rent needs to be fair and affordable to both tenants and landlords. And I wonder if there's a tension between those two things. Who's gonna... if the landlord can't afford the rent, you know, you're really fucked. Mm. Well, that's you know that that is that's we work. The landlord can't afford the rent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Was, that was like the co-working space we used to be in. Yeah, but um, I think that what they're what they're really articulating here is a politics bereft of enemies. That somewhere out there is a perfect approach to rent setting that everyone is going to be happy with, mm. including right now at a time where interest rates are now about to go to like what, like five, five and a half percent now, now projected to top out there. Uh, like the the release of this paper at this era at right now mm. is laughable. It is fucking laughable to imagine that there is a kind of politics without enemies between tenants and landlords 
and that Welsh Labour has decided to sort of hang their um, hang their coat on this particular. Oh idea. yeah, I mean the housing minister. Um, I think when they were discussing um, switching it from being a white paper to a green paper, um, the housing minister in the Senate. I, I've got a quote of this here because again, just. Willfully naive, she she says. I've met with a large number of interested private sector investors who really like the approach that we have here in Wales. They want, of course, because they are decent human beings, to make sure that they contribute to ensuring everyone in Wales has access to a decent, affordable, and safe home. Because they're very well aware that housing is not just about profit. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So they're we happy spoke to do to them, business. and they said uh, we're nice. Yeah, they said we... they're nice and good, actually, and and mm-hmm. we should listen to them because they only have uh, tenants' best interests at heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they're happy to do business here, and also they said that they that they feel good about it. Yeah. So that's a win-win as far as we're concerned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good stuff. So this is this is the context right in that we're in. Right, we had this long this big housing crisis. Uh, we were going to address it. It's any way to address it has gotten rolled back now to the point, right, where we have a green paper that is setting out to try to find the magic rent that makes landlords and tenants have identical interests. And we know that it's right because a bunch of corporate landlords have said that they feel good about what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Is that Mm -hmm. about the size of it? About so, yeah. Um, And and the framing of it, again, in the the document, it's, it's very much speaking... It's it's symptomatic of a government that is not confident about its power to affect change in the PRS, and it's not ideologically committed to doing that. And it's also you can sort of feel them speaking directly to the NRLA in in this um, in this document. They're framing it not as sort of protecting tenants from the rising cost of living. None of that. They're not appealing to voters here. They're saying. Um, and this is a quote again, I'm committed to using all the levers we have to ensure we maintain a viable private rented sector here in Wales, offering high quality and choice of accommodation where landlords have confidence to invest in making improvements and tenants have greater certainty that long-term costs of moving in. So it's, it's, it's word salad, but you get you get the kind of the, the flavour. It's going to be your- great for everyone. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you can, uh, on the one hand, you, a normal person, can get to live somewhere, right? And on the other hand, you, as a blood-sucking parasite, can extract their surplus value. It's going to be great. It's going to stay great forever, and there's certainly no contradictions that might heighten that. By the way, how well, hot yeah. is it right now? Mm-hmm. It's hot. Mm-hmm. Well, they're also committed to using all of the levers that they have access to, which, as far as I can tell from what they've said so far, is not no levers. Well, they, have, they, they, can, <laughs> they can look into stuff. The Driving big, the a big car. doing the, nothing the lever. fucking Westminster has snapped off the steering wheel. You have the indicators. And you're like, man, I'm going to indicate fucking left. <laughs> We're going to change the colour of the paper. And I think that's going to... I mean, to be fair, actually, Alice, you were alluding to this, that, you know, mm. climate change, obviously, is going gonna, is gonna to be an ongoing factor. But actually, like... Where are people going to move in climate change? Wales, pretty yeah. good candidate. Yeah, pretty cold, pretty wet. Actually, the first High UK ground. climate refugees are going to be in Wales. There's a town in northwest Wales um, uh, where the council's already basically said they're going to evacuate the entire town by 2040, I believe, because it's just not worth keeping the flood barriers up because the whole town's going to get submerged. So probably Ooh, not a, that, a, a great fuck. choice. That feels like a <laughs> bad like news a, for landlords in that town. That's why I'm immediately <laughs> hearing. Mm-hmm. That, that yeah, so the, what that of, is, what that is, is a lack. It's an attack on the certainty of landlords to be able to invest. 
Uh, and I think that's very, very unfair and very unproductive of the sea to do that in a time of like uh, uncertainty, you know? Mm. Also, I feel like that might be kind of um, synecdochic of a lot of larger situations. Yeah. Uh, but, well, I mean, yeah. obviously the, the solution here, as we all know, is the, you know, uh, Soviet socialist tropical Welsh Republic, right? But until mm -hmm. then, I, I think there's a lot of colors, right? We can change the hue of this paper any number of times. Um, mm. We can just keep a going. A lavender we, we, paper? A nice ooh, lavender paper? Ooh, maybe, yeah. maybe a magenta? Oh, that smells like those Fuchsia? lavender draw liners that your nan would have. What about like mm. a Back like to a nans. tomato colored red paper? You know? Mm. Yeah. You can, enjoy, mm. you can enjoy the smell of a caprese salad. <laughs> That's the sort of thing <laughs> that, that you would get in bits. a restaurant. They've served Riley a rolled up piece of paper, but the smells of a delicious that did. Meal. Yeah. Never mind. We'll talk about it another time. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I want to, so Riley's what, I wanna, restaurants. I want to ask you. I want to ask you. What does the Welsh government actually? Let's say right. They shed their love of papers, right? Mm. What would they actually have the power to do? Ah, uh, that's a, a good question, isn't it? Because housing is devolved, so theoretically, they are able to do a great deal. In this area, but as we've seen in in Scotland, mm -hmm. uh, yep. with the mm -hmm. yeah 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 yeah, it all goes on RVs. Yeah, it it, it mm. all turns into smoke and mirrors past a certain point. But again, with it all without... turns into RVs past a certain point, mm. they could live in a big van. <laughs> Sorry, go <laughs> on, Becca, please. Van. But yeah, mm. basically, <laughs> never lived in a big van. <laughs> Imagine it might be quite inconvenient. <laughs> Please, Becca, go on. Ignore these braying hooligans. Please go on. Basically, it'll take test in the limit. You, you don't know what the what Westminster are going are going to prohibit you or allow you to do without test in the limit. So an another Scottish vibe. I, in mm -hmm. our case, it was it was trans rights. In your case, it might be housing. Impossible that to say. Mm -hmm. it, it won't be housing because they're not going to do I, I, Yeah, it's more likely to be trans rights because for whatever reason, the Welsh Welsh government is is normal about trans rights, which oh, is which is good. Yeah. Critical support <laughs> to, to Welsh Labour. To Welsh Labour, yeah. yeah. So basically what we're saying is they could theoretically do quite a bit mm. in terms of like they, they can't like they, they could build an enormous amount of social housing, for example. They yeah, could choose and that's to been do on that. the docket for a while. Yeah. They could choose to do that. They, they do have the power to put rent controls in. That's, that's within their remit. Housing is devolved. Um, they've, but again, they've got the power to raise income tax, and they haven't done that. So it's like you have to be willing to, to, to play with what you've got. And yeah, it's, it's just whether they're willing to. If you play those cards and you do start activating the sort of like Nordic social democracy, what happens then is uh, people start investigating how many vans you own. So mm. I would say that's a fine thing to do if you have a great deal of confidence in the number of vans you own and how attributable mm. those vans are to like a legitimate trail of like purchasing. Mm -hmm. Which I mean, the, the, that is not, it's not surprising to anyone that that's the way the SNP goes down. <laughs> <laughs> it was surprising to me. I was surprised. I mean, I felt like they were always giving off a strong vibe of uh, people who will be brought down by silly elements of their own hubris. <laughs> That's true. So, I just wasn't yeah. expecting it to be corruption, yeah. allegedly. I will mm, say it's allegedly. been weird having two consecutive first ministers get fucking arrested. <laughs> mm. So I, I also want to say, right, this is something else you've you've written in your notes, Becca, uh, is we talk about the delivery of... um. Of social homes, 
It says, increasing housing availability is critical to addressing rising rent increases. Uh, rising rent increases, pretty good. Which is why we have committed to delivering 20,000 low-carbon social homes for rent over the next five years. A, that's not very much. But B, mm-hmm. I like the, the next sentence starts with, however. Yep. Yep. I am keen that all 10 years work more cohesively together in the future. And therefore, we are keen to look at how the supply of new build affordable private rental properties could be delivered. I yeah. feel like they got a little bit of whatever Kamala Harris does for that one. Yeah, yeah. A lot of their documents, again, sound like they've been uh, written by an AI trained on Kamala's speeches. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, that's an interesting one, isn't it? And it also sort of explains why private investors might look favorably <laughs> upon Wales, as, as, as we mentioned earlier. Um, so yeah, one of those things where I'm just like, don't know what that means. Not looking forward to finding out what that means, but we'll see. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, mm. we talk also about like, this is the policy, right? We are going to be investigating these very high level, poorly specified elements of the market. But, you know, you, you have done some, um, you've done some research, uh, especially in Wales, as to like how the market is actually operating, how landlords are actually behaving. And some of the cases that you cite, you know, they will give, they will show just how fucking paltry even these questions are when we say, oh, what is going to yeah. set landlord behavior and how can they be brought together? So can you give a couple examples? Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a couple of things here. And um, when we were talking about it before, you mentioned something about, you know, what, what happens when you sort of half ask these solutions and it, um, we have we've just had um the the rent in homes wales act that's come in it took six years between it passing to it being implemented which is a whole other kind of um mm. well the paper had to change color a number of times it, well so, exactly yeah. yeah exactly it's a big job go, wait yeah. for the ink to be delivered is a, is a cool thing <laughs> um uh but part of that was allowing tenants to uh withhold rent if they believe that their home isn't fit for human habitation, fitness for human habitation is a standard for rented homes that has come in. It's very basic things like uh, uh, you know, ventilation and, and, and uh, fire safety, things like that. Um, but that part of the, the contract, that, that bit that, that says that the tenants, um, according to the tenancy or their occupation contract, as they're now called, um, can withhold rent if they house that they're renting is falling apart that's supplementary landlords can take that out um as long as the oh, tenant okay. agrees well, to it good. and again i i do stuff with acorn i'm part of a, of a renters union and i've all we've already got people asking us about this because landlords are just taking it out and we know that like cps one of the, the biggest um landlords such letting agents in cardiff are advising as part of their service landlords how to take clauses out of this new model occupation contract well, it's um, a strike. What you're describing is basically a kind of coordinated action well, on behalf. Well, that's on, the thing. The Landlords are incredibly well organized. They got the NRLA. Mm. They they're very well represented at kind of all levels, and they do operate strangely like an adv- advocacy group or or, or sort of a, a quasi union type thing. Um, but the the other thing is we have um, we have legislation coming in across the border in in Westminster. Um, one of the things that that brings in is an increased penalty for um, uh, for breaches of the Protection from Eviction Act, um, which is one of the main things I want to talk about. Is um, it's it's an act that was passed basically to protect um, tenants from harassment and illegal eviction 
or unlawful like forced eviction by their landlords um that happens um say like uh, a landlord wants to raise rent but they've got a, a tenant in place for the next like six months they want to get them out so they cut their water supply to try and force them out they refuse to carry out um essential repairs things like that they they go into the house when the tenants out and take their belongings and chuck them out on the street things like that um so that is all of those activities obviously are a criminal offense in the act um well, the, are you, you cite something here, if I can just mm-hmm. jump in, this yeah. gives some good color to it, which is that like landlords will send, uh, this is a quote from the founder of Safer Renting, that landlords will send heavies to throw tenants out, that, but then you'll see fake bailiffs kitted out with stab vests, radios, and handcuffs with vans with police-like livery on the side. Ah, a, a, an interesting piece of sort of like crumbling of state legitimacy and like centralization of authority there. Um, I, I, I'm feeling I'm feeling the Wyman lobe become inflamed yeah. at this point, and mm. I'm like, we I gotta I gotta uh. speak to Patrick Wyman about this very very <laughs> soon. Yeah, but, like, Alice, why did you drive your van down to Cardiff? I'm trying to understand. <laughs> Listen, I was doing a favor for a mate. It was going to take like ten minutes, you know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, it's weird. These. These Germans that we've been working <laughs> yeah, with these, as auxiliaries <laughs> on the border, they seem to be just dressing like Roman legionaries, and they've started living in my camp? Crazy. Which is odd. Um, yeah, I, I, one thing I will say is, um, if you are getting evicted by people who appear to be uh, Czechoslovak Air Force officers from like the late 1970s, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't know that when I put all of those uniforms in the donation bin, they would be used for evil. <laughs> Sorry, I've, I just, yeah. I, 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 please carry on. Yeah, yeah. So, um, the Protection from Eviction Act passed in the seventies. So, in theory, you're sh- you should be protected from these behaviours. But the thing is that none of it gets enforced. Um, mm. And I, that's a that's a broad statement. But I recently did um, uh, an article for Voice Wales. Um, I was I was contacted by the Public Law Project, um, a tenant in Cardiff. Um, had been staying with a friend for, I think it was two weeks while he, it was a period of illness. He was staying with a friend because he went to some company while he was unwell. He came home um, and his landlord had changed the locks um, and they were strangers standing in his, his flat. He'd been living there since 2017. I believe this was, uh, was it last year? Um, he'd been living there since 2017 by himself. Sees people standing in his flat. No explanation. He calls his landlord. No explanation that he doesn't get, get, doesn't get an answer from his landlord goes to um, the council. They tell him to go to the police um, or to Shelter Camry as a housing charity. Calls the police. Um, the police say it's a civil matter. They can't help. Of course. Um, I mean, like yeah. imp- thing, little things like impersonating a police officer. Those aren't crimes, you know. They've got <laughs> real stuff to be doing, like, um, you know, lying about where our vans are and what they're doing. I mean, yeah. you'd better hope neither of those things are crimes, Alice, otherwise. <laughs> uh, yeah. So... The 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 end of that story, unfortunately, is he the the tenant in question never got back into his house. He's currently living abroad, caring for for an ill relative, um, and you know some of his stuff is still in that flat. And this happens shockingly often. People will just come home, and the the locks are changed, and their whole life is in in that flat, and they have nowhere to turn. Um, what happened in the Cardiff case um, was there's there's a role usually at the council called a tenant liaison officer. They are the person that's um, got the kind of the expertise and the authority to enforce the protection from eviction act. So when these things happen, to initiate an investigation and and hopefully prosecute the the landlord in in question. 
Um, they got rid of uh, Cardiff Council got rid of their tenant liaison officer back in 2012 during a reorganization. They wanted to, uh, what I was told was they wanted to like d- standardize, generalize the expertise across their housing team. Um, and obviously you've got this one person that's got this kind of specialist role. They got rid of that person because there was a specialist role and then they just never rehired them. So there was nobody um, in place at the council that was was able to to initiate this investigation. As a large language that, model, for, I can't initiate an investigation. For years mm-hmm. in one of the largest cities in the UK. Yeah, capital city of Wales. <laughs> we wanted, we was, wanted to standardise knowledge across our housing team by making sure that no that one had, had any. Yeah, yeah exactly. There was an outlier yeah. where one guy had a lot more knowledge than everyone else, so we've resolved that problem now. Now everyone has exactly the mm-hmm. same. None of them socialism. even know what a house is. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and yeah, you, you know, another galling example, um, last summer in Margate, a landlord um, was convicted for using... Uh, violence, theft, and vandalism to illegally evict her tenant. It was, took ten years for for this landlord and her, and her various large sons to be um, prosecuted for this. Um, they changed the locks of their tenants. They smashed up toilets. They removed the flooring of a of a tenant's bathroom to try and force them out. They um, sort of like uh, sorority style pranks, you know, like you come back and the floor's gone. That, the the wild change of tone at the end of this list of things that they did is yeah. going to oh, okay. <laughs> page right. that. They sabotaged the electricity of people's houses, and on one occasion, masked men um, entered and uh, doused a tenant in petrol and smashed his teeth in. You know what? Um, we, we talk what? about it. Took talk- ten years for them to investigate and prosecute this landlord. I think it was twenty six tenants at like ten different properties. Um, so this is quite a significant landlord in the area, and it took a decade to to yeah. We talk about crime being legal because shoplifting. Like, like there's this constant like refrain in, in the right wing press, right? Crime mm. is legal because the police aren't prosecuting shoplifters anymore. Just society's gone to the dogs. It's like yeah. This is who crime is legal for, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and to, yeah. and to put this back in the context of the Welsh green of the Welsh green paper and sort of this thing that we've been following with you as it develops over the years, right? It's just in the context of that, not just the context of the fact that the whole economic environment that created the buy to let landlord has evaporated. It's gone, right? Mm-hmm. It it is gone again. And there is this huge opportunity to reimagine what housing is and how it's provided that is just being squandered at the same time. It's being, it's being it's, reimagined by the people who are taking the floors out. Mm. Yeah, it is being reimagined by the same sort of political tendency that looks at, you know, the, um, the sort of the, the Margate criminal gang, basically, and refuses to really see it as anything other than an administrative dispute. So it's it's like you're withholding the rent, I'm withholding the floor. We'll see who lasts longest. <laughs> so it's like the economic space is there for genuinely radical reforms because the old way has died. It is already died. It's no longer dying. It is dead. And yet, like Drakeford and all the way down to individual labor councillors in Wales and all the way up to Starmer and Co., they're like the new world as they see being born, but you have to keep the PRS going. The old world has to live on the constant blood transfusions from the young in form in the form of rent. Oh, cool. We are all our landlord's blood boys. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, everyone. It's, it's This is Britain. You're strapped to the hood of a car, and <laughs> Nicholas Holt is throwing an exploding spear It's being driven head. by the guy who burnt an effigy of Grenfell Tower. Yeah. That's oh, right. God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway. I, I think that's a, that's, a, that's a good sort of nice circular place to end it. Becca, have we, have we missed anything? Is there anything else you want to add? 
Um, no, I mean, I, I, I guess the thing to underline, uh, uh, as if it needs underlining, is obviously a lot of the, the, the extreme examples I was talking about in my piece and, and across the border in Margate and stuff. A lot of this does go back again to austerity politics. Again, these tenants, layers and officers in the, the safer renting piece about um, the, the stab vests on the, the fake security guards. It's all because we just don't have anyone to enforce this. It's just, mm. it's, it's just been stripped bait. And then you've got the police um, shelter, um, the homelessness charity on its website advises tenants who are illegally evicted to educate the police about their role in enforcing the protection from eviction act, because they, they know that they don't understand their role. It just, it, yeah, I, I got a quote from it somewhere. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, it, it's just kind of accepted that, that, that this stuff doesn't get enforced. That there's there's no will to enforce it. Um, and yeah, and yeah, the, the the last thing to add is is uh, maybe join a maybe join a renters union, maybe join a tenant union, get involved in that. Um, we've we've said before, join Acorn. We are Ooh. now saying again. Join Acorn. It is among the best and easiest things you can do. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Educating the police and just having to start from the very bottom with just like object permanence. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's what a house is. Can you point to the house? <laughs> like, like, yeah, like it usually a has a floor in it. Now, now it doesn't. So yeah. you can imagine that there's a floor. Go a, a painstakingly going through one of the shapes, the shape sorter bucket lid things with the police over <laughs> and right, over the again. Square hole. Is he? He works out that the that the cylindrical one can fit through the square hole, and you're like, no, it go that one goes through the circle one. We've been over this <laughs> anyway. Mm. Look, um, it is uh, this is what, <laughs> and then like yeah. five years later, you're still sat there with the cops, but now you're making them read Little Women. <laughs> and you're like, you're the, slowly getting like, there, crying and hugging. No, the thing is, we replaced all the cops with AI trained on your nan. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yes. Oh, we... <laughs> the cops are just like, do you want a sandwich? Yeah. <laughs> yeah <that's right. laughs> do you want a cup of tea? I, you are illegally evicted. The police show up, solemnly offer you a Werther's original. Yeah. How's your sister? She's still dating that toe rag. <laughs> <laughs> what? Explain that to me later. Uh, Becca, I want to thank you very much for coming on today and talking to us. Uh, and where can people find you and your work? Um, I'm a freelancer at the moment, um, so you can find me in various places. I, I do a lot of stuff for Voice Wales, which is a very good, I'm going to plug them because it's a very good um, space for uh, radical journalism um, in, in Wales. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Wilkes Becker, W-I-L-K-S-B-E-C-C-A. Mm. And mm -hmm. to our many listeners of the Financial Times, cough, cough. Anyway. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> And if you like this episode, we have a Patreon. It's a $5 every month. You get a second Mainline TF episode every week. And That's then, right. and all of that $5 goes towards educating the police about the themes of, of mice and men. So <laughs> We are going to the police station. We've got a stack of paperbacks, and we are going to get mm. them reading. Thank We're doing you for your PSHE support. with PC Shufflesworth. We're doing it all. <laughs> yeah, uh, we finally got him in key stage one. Yeah, the police eventually get to that stage in school where the policeman comes in and talks to you about the law. And they're just like very confused. <laughs> so that's the that's that's that gives you Habsburg cops, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it just gets it's it dry they get driven insane. They're all just saying the gentleman to each other over and again and then they start like glitching. 
And they start yeah. like clipping through the textures in the police yeah, station. What's your favorite Guy Ritchie movie? <laughs> G- uh, the gentleman. Uh, the gentleman, the lady, an altercation with the gentleman. We interlocuted with a gentleman. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm, I'm doing the plugs. God damn. Gentleman. Um, there is also a stream. It is from 9 to 11 on Mondays and Thursdays. There is also Britonology. There is the soon-to-be-renamed-again Britonology, because Alison, I thought of a better name. That's right. We're trailing, we're trailing that, and we'll announce the new name not, when we do the next episode. Not, not hard to do a better name than that, is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit derivative. I'll grant you. Nate, and, Nate and I did kind of assume that name was a joke, and then we were just like, okay. We they, couldn't think of a better it. one, and now we have. So it took a us a minute. There we go. And yeah. we're going to erase it from history. Yeah, Donatio Memoria. Forget what he just said. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Because it's going to be a cool name. Yeah, it's going to be a cool um, new one. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, tour dates. Are you in? Are you? Do you live in Bristol? June twenty third. I'm going to be in Bristol. To get to that on my website. Uh, uh, June twenty seventh. Berlin. Berlin. Do, do you live in Berlin? Kommen Sie auf Berlin. Uh, what day of the week is June 20th? Oh, that's a Friday. No, no, it's not. It's a Tuesday. It's, a Tuesday. it's definitely a Tuesday. I'm pretty sure it's the 27th. That, that is when I will be in Berlin mid the new show doing the you show. You going to be there on a Sunday? Uh, no, I'm going on the Monday. Oh, it's a mistake, my friend. Well, I, I, I'm going to look. It, we'll, we'll deal with this later. Yeah. There's a good reason why I'm not going clubbing in Berlin. Anyway, um, also the uh, the second of July, I will be in Leicester. Do you live in Leicester? I'm sorry about that, but you can cheer yourselves up by coming to my show. <laughs> that's right. All right, all right. Uh, that's the end of the plugs. Uh, we will see you on the bonus episode in a couple of short days. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you.